Welcome everybody, uh, this is Eve's Dropping Out the Movies, I'm Jose. I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk about Jurassic... Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, that's, it's got a subtitle. Jurassic World 2. Yes. Which is Jurassic Park 5. Okay. Right. <laughs> Jurassic um, Park, Lost World Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, and then Jurassic World 2. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So, um, it's the second of the kind of reboots, I guess. Yes. So they kind of all meld into one in a way. Do they? I, for me, they do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, different cast of characters, uh, and it's uh, referred back to, um, you know. So, but um, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum returns. Um, Laura Dern's not in this. No, no. But you know, Jeff Goldblum. I, 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 yeah, Laura Dern was part of another series. Okay, yeah. uh, Attenborough is referred to, and you see a. a a painting, a, a painting of him. Uh, so, but yes, they all they all do meld into one. And actually, before I saw the film, I had this whole rant, not prepared, but kind of going on in my mind about how we've been seeing, you know, basically the same films now for twenty five years, right? There's, you know, the Batman's and the superheroes and the Jurassic Worlds and the Star Wars, and you know, it can feel like. You know, you're watching the same thing oh, yeah. uh, uh, over and over again. But actually, this one was so good that I thought I'd reserve my rant for another time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. And I must say, um, I enjoyed the previous one, which I, I think probably got mixed reviews. I, re- I remember going on Facebook and kind of saying, why are people griping about this when it's mm. really good fun? And it's, it's not to say they didn't have its flaws. And there's that famous, sort of, or suppose infamous part where... Uh, the female character, the nanny, who's sort of done nothing wrong, gets torn up quite gruesomely by one of the creatures, and everyone thought, "Well, that's a bit much. Like, yes. She didn't really deserve that." Um, but nonetheless, like that was really fun. I, I liked what the attraction of Jurassic Park, apart from the fact it was you know huge CGI dinosaurs. You know, I'm, I'm talking about like back in 1990, was it three or four? Mm. Part of the attraction was the, the idea was really good fun. You know, a theme park <laughs> with dinosaurs, right? Like a safari park. Um, and of course, the idea was that well, it wasn't open, right? They were they were testing it, they were seeing if it was any good, and then everything went wrong. Um, and then the, the the following two movies kind of followed on from that. And they said like this kind of this this place that uh, you know, was a mistake and is broken, and there are dinosaurs still there. That um, so you followed on from that. And I liked the idea with Jurassic World when they brought it back three years ago. They said, okay, now what if Jurassic Park actually came off? What if we actually made this properly and it worked and it was a functioning theme park? Mm. Um, and it was great fun to see everything working. And it was full of product placement. Cause, like, you had Samsung and Nike and stuff all over the place, which, you know, obviously, like, was, was a business thing for the film. But also, it made loads of sense. And it was mm. kind of, it had this satirical edge of, it was kind of disgusting <laughs> to look at all these logos, you know, kind of. And you didn't, when there's, wasn't there a thing in that film about, Dinosaurs being sort of named by corporations and things like this. Yes. So that was kind of fun, and of course it made so much sense that it was going to go wrong again. I remember the 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 extraordinariness of the first one mm. was actually just to see the dinosaurs, right? That the special effect was so cutting edge that the idea that you know uh, dinosaurs looking like that could move uh, so seamlessly, you know, in the same space as the actors, that alone was thrilling and spectacular. Right? Yeah. And of course, that wears off because you know. 
Well, it waves off only so much. I mean, if you go back and watch the original Jurassic Park, it sort of stands up in in, in certain ways. It, okay, it we're talking here about like a continuum. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure kind of, you know, the special effects still stand up. Oh, right. But, you know, when you saw that thing for the first time, it was wondrous. It was kind of almost unimaginable, right, that it could seem so realistic. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was like a major part of the experience, to just see it. I see what you mean. So, like, it, it, although although that kind of film still has a certain degree of wonder in the way it's made and stuff, like, the fact that you just see this stuff in every big film now has made it... Yeah, I mean, you know, to see dinosaurs moving or leaping or, you know, stomping across the space is in itself now not a thrill. They've got to figure out other ways of making the film exciting and suspenseful and so on. Yes. You know, whereas when the first one, the, the special effects were just so cutting edge for the time that it was thrilling just to see them move. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this film um, does find ways of... Uh, kind of reinvesting the dinosaurs mm. with uh, a sense of spectacle and wonder. Yes. Um, I think there's one shot in particular which is of the, the, the there's a, a dinosaur, I suppose, spoiler territory kind of coming up, mm. but um, uh, a little bit. There's a, there's a kind of centrepiece dinosaur in the film which is which has sort of been genetically engineered to be the perfect weapon, the perfect kind of hunting uh, creature, and it's called the uh, Indoraptor. And there's a shot of it on the floor of a cage when it's been tranquilized and the floor is lit bright white and it's and it's sort of silhouetted almost mm. um and you, and you got the, the guy the, the sort of bad guy uh sort of stalking around it and it's just a beautiful image it is and, and there are some really threatening and and fascinating images that the director jay Berner has has created you know sort of so it's not just um you know the as you say, di- looking at dinosaurs on film is it's not in itself interesting anymore, but he's made something out of it. It's beautifully directed. It actually, is. the opening image uh, uh, alone, you know, was was so interesting. And then actually it's full of gothic imagery. It's full of like shadows and, yes. you know, and things creeping up, the claw moving, right? Well, the, the, the film ends up around this, this sort of gothic mansion. Yes. Uh, which is where this, this auction is taking place for all these dinosaurs they've captured. Uh, from the island, and and the one, like I said, this Indoraptor ends up on the roof, and it's raining, and there are tiles, and it stands there, and it screams, and the moon's behind mm. it, and it's an amazing image. It's an amazing. It captures image. you. Yeah, the, the film beauty. is. I think the film is brilliant in all those regards, in terms of like lighting and decor and the effects, and actually in terms of generating suspense and and fear and humor. Yeah, like I laughed quite a lot, and I actually laughed. Uh, you at, laughed as much as you jumped. Yes, I laughed as much as I jumped, and often I laughed at the things I was jumping at. At the you know the humor sometimes was so gruesome that it made you laugh. Yes, you know. So all of that was kind of, you know, much more than you expect of a film like this. Actually, I think it was like very very well realized, um, and I really like the gothic dimension. I really like uh, uh, the nanny, right? Yes. When you see her at the beginning. You know, and actually, you know, I was thinking at the very beginning of the film, because I had no idea who directed it. And when she opens the door, I thought, oh, my God, who's had the wit to cast Geraldine Chaplin in this? (laughs) And then, of course, it has to be a Spanish person, really, because, you know, some (laughs) of these American directors probably don't even know who she is, uh, though she's so she's so great. And then I thought, oh, my God, she's going to be reduced to like one line you know, these idiots who don't know how to use Geraldine Chaplin. And in fact, that was proven wrong on all of it, right? Like, she has a role. An actual she role. has a role, and she's got an interesting role. And she looks wonderful. I mean, 
I, I, I'm always fascinated by these two, this dot that she's got in the middle of each eye, you know, which I can't decide whether it's a mole or whether it's a mask, it's, 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 it's makeup, right? Because it adds like the sad clown quality to the, to her eyes. Yeah. And of course she's got a beautiful face and unlike Hollywood stars, it's completely untouched uh, by plastic surgery. (laughs) So, you know, so you see every line. And actually, it's very beautiful and kind of full of character and kind of haunting. Right, it's very it's very expressive just on its own that face. Mm. But something. you do think right at the start that you wonder whether there's going to be a kind of threatening quality to her. Yes, um, yes, I did. But, uh, but it turns out that, that it's not. She's she's one of the more caring characters in the film. Yes, uh-huh. though the film surprises in other ways, uh, uh, in relation to to her uh, and and her role actually. Um, what was the opening? You said you, you, you said the opening image was striking. What was the opening image? The opening image was like. Something moving towards what seemed like doors opening, yeah, and kind of, you know, and it was it was almost like out of focus or underwater, right? And you just saw like these glass, um, uh, these amber light things, kind of opening to a vehicle moving through, right, right. And it's actually then it's the voiceover of Jeff Goldblum character talking to Congress and speaking about, okay. you know, Jurassic I don't remember that precise image, world. So. What did you uh, make of Jeff Goldblum? I love him, and I thought he was wonderful in it. Actually. And what, what, you make, what did you make of his part in the film? Well, he connects the film to the rest of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's kind of giving testimony. He's kind of, in a way, also being like, you know, the conscience that uh, the government doesn't have, neither the mm-hmm. government uh, nor the corporate world has. I mean, if you kind of unpack the film... I think it's kind of very interesting and kind of um, it's, it's a it's it's a, it's a very interesting take on it because of course you know corporations are greedy and they just want money and they don't care about the human cost yeah kind of you know basically government has failed as well right and then all of the seeming left you know animal rights people fail as well right yeah. um, you know and actually you when you think about the end of the film and this is really now spoiler territory. Uh, you know, but at the end of the film, the animals are freed and put into the world at large. And, you know, my first thought was, well, you know, there goes all of Shropshire. Like, you know, kind of <laughs> suburbia is now like lunch, <laughs> right? Like, uh, 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 uh. so, you know, this idea that, yeah. There's yeah. a kind of moral correctness to it, but but obviously in terms of self-preservation, it's, a, it's, it's not the right outcome. But I do like the fact that kind of... Um, the the central thread throughout every Jurassic Park film has been that we are the bad guys and we're playing with fire and we don't know what we're doing mm. and we deserve everything we get. Mm. Well, that's the message of this film as well. It's like the message of this film as well. And um, but but then it also suggests like there is kind of that we are capable of creating kind of some beautiful things. Like the di- there's part of part of that thread is that um, the dinosaurs have done nothing wrong. They're just acting like they act. And it was our mistake to to bring them back, but they they're not kind of mm. they're not like evil or anything. It's just like some of them are more violent, some of them are hunters, and that's just their nature. Yeah. Um, but there is this thing with the with the daughter, and, and yeah, again, spoiler territory. Like, let's establish we are in spoiler territory. Yeah. The thing with the daughter um, being a clone. Yes, I love that. So so one of the characters is played by James Cromwell, who uh, is a very old man, and he's and it turns out he was John Hammond's partner. Mm. John Hammond was the the guy who created. Uh, 
uh, Jurassic Park back in the day. He was uh, um, uh, Richard Attenborough. Mm. Uh, so James Cromwell was his partner, and he's got this granddaughter. And it turns out that the granddaughter wasn't his granddaughter. It was actually his daughter who died, and he cloned her. And that was what kind of drew... Uh, that's, that's what pushed him and Hammond apart. Um, but the, but it's, the daughter is the one, ultimately, who releases the dinosaurs into the wild. Yes. When it, you know, A lot of people are saying, we shouldn't do this because it's, it's the end if we do this. There's no going back. And the animal rights uh, sort of activist, who is um, Bryce Dallas Howard... She decides at that moment, no, I'm not going to do it. Yes. But it's the girl who does. She says, they're like me. Yes. They're alive. Yes. Actually, it really struck me that this is becoming, this is kind of taking on some stuff, uh, some sort of Westworld type stuff as well, which is interesting because Westworld was originally Michael Crichton as was Jurassic Park. Mm. Um, the idea of the kind of, the, the, the human creation uh, sort of, not exactly coming to life because in this case they've always been alive. It's more bringing them back, whereas Westworld it's robots who are, mm. you know, kind of, developing or gaining or realising consciousness. But the idea that um, you kind of, you can't put, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Like the, once you have imbued something with life, it has its own mm. sort of, you're no longer in control of it and you can't be, and you shouldn't be. You don't have the right to be. But it's the girl who makes that decision for everybody else. Yes. She, because she kind of, she is one of them. Yes. She feels she's in, she feels like she's in this kind of which halfway is, world between the dinosaurs and the humans. Which is interesting in itself, right? You know, to think that, you know, a girl and, you know, uh, what's his name, Velociraptor or whatever, are equivalent. Yeah, that they're the same. <laughs> the Indoraptor. Indoraptor, mm. yeah. yeah. Because the film makes an equivalence at that moment, yeah? Kind of, they're like me, I'm alive, yeah? Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on to another direction because one of the things that I found so fascinating about the film is, you know, how to me it succeeds on almost every level of, you know, well, at least eliciting a response from me. So, you know, there are things that are just like really creepy and crawly and that, you know, make you go, Ugh. and, you know, and then there were kind of like jump scares that really worked and, you know, and then there was like, Kind of, you know, that, that suspense thing where the dinosaur goes slowly with its claw and you just were waiting for it, yeah? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's got so many different kinds of... of uh, uh, it's like a repertoire of responses to horror. <laughs> yeah, including humor. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and there, there are moments as well which the Indoraptor stalking around the, the house mm. and the... And the Trying to hide the the fantastic thing where they're hiding in the sort of dinosaur exhibits. Mm. Yes, that was great. They turn all the lights off and they and they stop. There's this kind of dinosaur museum, and in the walls are these exhibits. It's these sort of I don't know what the word is like a like a diorama or something. Yeah, there's like tableaus right. with yeah with fake you know dinosaurs in the jungle and so on, and they just jump into the that's into right. The and they're hiding behind them and they turn the lights off so the thing can't see them, and then. Elsewhere in the house, someone has turned the lights back on. They've rebooted the whole thing, and as the lights come on, the dinosaur's right there. And it's and it's it's like a half mirror thing, mm. and it's the girl who is a clone. At this point, we suspect she's a clone. We've been given a little bit of a clue, but it's not been fully established. Um, and the Indoraptor, and the the image of the, their faces are overlaid over each other in this half mirrored mm. window, which is uh, you know 
mm. which is artistic and that. Yes. No, and, expre- <laughs> and expressive. And expressive and, and pre-bloody creepy. And I think the film is also has moments of what I think or, you know, what I experience as real poetry as well. You know, so, for example, the scenes when they're on the island and they're, you know, they're there on what is a false mission. They think they're there to rescue animals. And in fact, you know, they're there just, you know, to, to capture to, them, to for, the capture business them people. for business people. Uh, and there's that moment where the the really big one, you know, who's stuck, there's lava flowing and so on. And the last know, one on the island, the last one on the island. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the 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 animal's head is incredibly large and. You know, it's kind of like screaming through the clouds of smoke. I thought that was very beautiful. Yeah, and the clouds are sort of lighting up and flashing with with you know, lava sort of exploding. Yeah. So um, aside from beautiful, it's terribly sad. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. So aside from being beautiful, it was very touching. Right. I thought it was kind of like a very beautiful poetic moment, really. Um, you know, and I think the film is full of them, and there are images that really stay with you. So you know, I think it's kind of a wonderful film. Yeah, there's more than one um, point in the film where a dinosaur is seen sort of uh, semi-obscured or through smoke or kind of half illuminated. Yes. And, those, and, the, and, and as you said, sometimes that's used for uh, tension, such as when the dinosaur's in the tunnel and lava is, is occasionally flashing on it and lighting it up as it gets closer mm. and closer. Um, and, and sometimes it's used for, as you say, sadness, like as the, as the dinosaur becomes engulfed by the smoke, and you just see its silhouette, and it's kind of um, snuffed out. Yes. What I also really loved was that the bad guys get their comeuppance, like in really good melodrama, right? So it, it has this cathartic element, because, you know, it's not just that they're shot or whatever. It's like the dinosaurs chew them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's such fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I was hoping to see a little bit more sort of business people getting killed. Like, uh-huh. I think that, that's kind of over a little bit, a little bit too briefly for me. Um, you know, you got all the, all the sort of people, the thugs and the, and the business people in the auction. And, yes. di- and dinosaurs being wheeled out in cages. Uh, and they're going 10 million, 20 million. Um, you want to see them die a little bit more, I think. Yes. Well, actually, but the real villains in the piece do. You yes. see them being torn to pieces. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> With great relish, you yeah. know. Uh, so, and, and I love the, the way that the film strikes that fine line between, you know, it's very scary, it's, it's melodramatic, you know, there's all these gothic elements to it, and also it's extremely funny. Yeah, and it kind of, it never feels like off-tone, really. I mean, I think there are some moments that actually the actors don't carry very well. So, you know, I think a lot of the romance between Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard felt a bit... I don't agree with that, actually. It didn't feel perfect, um, but it isn't the main focus of what's going on. Like, uh, I think in the previous film... It isn't the main focus, but at the beginning of the film... Right when they try to get back together, and there's meant to be all this humorous stuff about their relationship. I mean, you know, and I love Chris Pratt. That's he, a little bit overwritten. I mean, I give you that. But I think as the film goes on, it, it, it's not the it, the fact that it doesn't then rely on you know them getting back together as like an emotional centerpiece is good. Well, right? I think that's good. I think kind of it could it could those scenes with them could have done with more wit. Yes. You know, and they needed more business actually. 
you know, because kind of you're waiting for things to happen. Actually, nothing much happens. Agreed. The bit where they're trying to get the blood out of the T-Rex yes. is a good example of that. Mm. There is, I think there's a good, you know, there's a little bit of sort of slapstick in there mm. with the dinosaur rolling over onto them and that sort of thing. Yes. And she's trying to climb on top of it and they're, they're slightly sparring during it. But I like that. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. So that's yeah. a good example of it. But, yeah. but you're right. The moments that are quieter and that are just about them, I think they're kind of underplayed, they're inexpressive. And they, they're not funny enough, and they're not given any business. So actually, your attention really is on their interaction, and it doesn't pay off. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that actually the, that, that, that wasn't as big a deal in this film as it was in the previous no, one. No, the it, previous it, it, one was all about that. Yeah. And, and so I think the film survives quite happily without... Yeah, this is a minor point yeah. that I'm you know, bringing up. But it's a point nonetheless. It's, you know, yeah. kind of... Because, because really, the emotional core is, is about the little girl, yes, and their relationship with the little girl as well, which is good, yes, um, and feel and you know they become this kind of slightly makeshift little family, yes, rescuing her and that sort of thing, um, which I, which I liked an awful lot and was quite touching. Mm. I thought, yes, yeah. I like them. Where they, that I, bit where they say we need to be friends. I like the I like the fact that the sidekicks survive as well. You know, because normally when they introduce this gang, you think, oh, all the non-name actors are going to be chewed up, right? <laughs> like, a, kind of, you know, they're dinosaur food. And actually, in this one, it turned out not to be the case. And I really appreciated that. That's not what I expected. I did. I expected them to survive, but what I didn't expect was that they would have very interesting parts to play. And that's what presently surprised me, is that is they felt like real characters, and yes. they had something to do. Yes. And the actual impact on the story. Yes. The, the, the stuff with the guy being kind of nervous was, again, I think, probably not witty enough. Yes. They struggled a little bit for humour. But... It I improved liked... as the yeah. film uh, went on. You know, that kind of... The, the reactions and the character became more meaningful. Yes. Um... And I like the fact that those two interacted apart from the main characters. So, you know, I like that they yeah. survived. I like that they were, like, real characters. And I like that those characters were fleshed out. And I like that they didn't have a love story. Ah. Do you know they, what I mean? Well, like it, it, there's it, it, a kind I, of tension there. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I, 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 you know, I like the fact that they were just allowed to be mm. getting, be kind of coping with the world. Mm. No, there's what? an undertone. Where? Uh, you know, from the very beginning, when she says that you know, uh, you know, she's got more of a status than him in his job, uh, to uh, you know, there's a change at the end where he kind of basically saves her, and there is—I mean, I forget the dialogue, but there is an interplay that to me is sexual. I don't think so. I think I think <laughs> you never see it anyway. <laughs> you say that I just don't think I don't, I don't think there is, and like I say, I think that's that's something that I like about it was that I didn't feel that. I, I felt, felt like these these characters were just allowed to interact mm. without that being kind of feeling like it was in there. I like think I, say, I think it's not the main thing about it, but I think it's there. Okay, well, agree to disagree. The whole section on the island at the start, uh, as fun as it was in some respects, I didn't feel like the betrayal was. Uh, it, it didn't feel surprising or interesting enough. Like he kind of felt like it was coming. I wish there had been, it, even though I actually looked at my watch because and there was like forty minutes between the start of the film where you're establishing that the dinosaurs on this island are going to die if we don't save them because this volcano is exploding. Mm. Uh, you want the the animal rights people have, have been promised that we can save all these things and take them to this sanctuary island that we've got mm. where they'll be completely untouched. So they go there to try and take them, and then it turns out that the kind of private military that's helping them is actually got this nefarious task mm. that's to, to to bring them to this auction so they can be sold and weaponized and so on. But that betrayal 
weirdly, even though there's 40 minutes of kind of build-up to that, didn't feel like it was built up enough. Well, I mean, I think for me, and this, I don't see this as a problem in the film, actually, because I enjoyed both parts very much, but it felt almost like two different films. You know, so the first film was a volcano film. Yeah, the, the, you know, there was, a, there was a period in the 90s where there was a whole cycle of these films. Yeah. Right, and that felt this felt like a volcano film. A, you know, a volcano is erupting, and you know how do you get out of there? And you know the various problems, but added to because there are also dinosaurs on them. You know, so the kind of that felt like one film. You know, and then kind of when they come back from that, and it becomes darker and more gothic, and you know the family is brought more to the fore. Yeah, and the business is yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and there's a fight know, for the evil guardian. Well. Actually, you know, in some ways. It's almost like an archetypal gothic, really, you know, that, yeah, there's the evil guardian and there's the nanny and there's the, the house haunted by, yeah. you know, dinosaurs of the past. <laughs> uh, with secret lairs and hideaways and, you know, yeah. ways of getting around. I loved all of that, but it did feel to me like a, a different movie. That's definitely the case, and, and actually, and I suppose something that I liked about that was that um, you saw very little of the sort of second half of the film in any of the promotional pro- promotional material. Oh. Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't really see that. So I, I kind of got the inkling from the from the trailers that um, the dinosaurs would be coming to civilization as they did in the Lost World, because mm. that was always exciting. You know, I mean, that film again had its problems, but it was incredibly good fun to see a T Rex storming through San Francisco. Uh, so I thought it was going to kind of retread some of that, but I didn't see it happening the way it did. Well, actually, miss. I think it's almost most of the promo stuff was about the island, yeah. and I figured it was going to be mainly set there. So I like that. I like surprise basically, and I like when a film or or, or a company, I suppose, has the confidence to hide. You know, well, a lot of it. I was going to say that I think actually what's interesting about this film is what it does with enclosed spaces, right? And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of scenes of people being stuck with a dinosaur in a cage, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I mean, it's a surprising. It reappears a surprising number of times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so actually, kind of getting tension with that, and you know, the dinosaur being uh, sedated and then opening an eye or moving a tail, yeah? Yeah. And the tension that that creates within an enclosed space and it being done like several times, right? Yeah. You know, so in the jail, in the the truck. The T-Rex that they're trying to get the blood from. There's the jail where they manage to get the the dinosaur with the bony head to to break through and then it becomes a threat. Um, There's there's the dinosaur kind of chasing the girl through the halls in the house and in the the, uh, bedroom. There's... there's uh, uh, the bad guy in the cage with yeah when he yeah. dies yeah yeah um, so uh, I mean, more than a few times and you're right it's it's these little things that that indicate threat the eye opening the tail moving mm. um, and then the you know and then the dinosaur kind of comes to life and starts attacking but it's these little things yes. that are used to generate the threats yes. gradually yes yes yeah. Um, and you know, there's a fantastic shot where Chris Pratt literally leaps through the jaws of the dinosaur to get to the other side, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it has wit. So you know, there's a moment where they escape into the world, and then you have the T-Rex, or I think I get all these names confused, but you know, one of the big uh, violent dinosaurs, kind of you know, opening up its jaws, and uh, and then there's a lion in a zoo also opening up his jaws, like yeah. like literally, who's king of the jungle now, <laughs> right? And it's just funny. Yeah, um, yeah. So I kind of I loved all of that about the film. Okay, so Lo- loads of fun. You know, really brought back the joy of uh, 
of dinosaurs because it's weird. Like every everybody loves the original Jurassic Park. It's it's an unquestioned classic. People just adore it. And then every Jurassic Park since then has been uh, the focus of criticism. Mm. Even though it should be the easiest thing in the world to have dinosaurs running around, it should be the most fun thing. Mm. Um, and and certainly the second one had a lot of fun, uh, and I think probably got a little bit of a bad rap just because it wasn't as good as the first. Mm. The, the Jurassic Park three was boring and actually felt actually felt cheap as well. Weirdly, it had that great bit with the with the pterodactyls in the mist on the bridge. Which again echoes quite a lot of this: the stuff of the dinosaurs in in smoke and being obscured mm. makes them really threatening. But basically, the rest of that film was pretty nothing. Mm. Jurassic World was had very mixed reception, um, despite the fact it was uh, you know kind of so full of life. Mm. Um, and uh, <coughs> I'm just gobsmacked that you can keep them all apart. I mean, to me, they all just meld. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself like a fanboy of them, but I just remember the differences. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, but the point is, like, people kind of think... I, I saw, again, I saw something on Twitter the other day where people were saying they ranked... Saying um, all the Jurassic Park films ranked, and they said one Jurassic Park. And that was it. Like, ah. the other ones don't even count. All right. Which I think is really unfair to them, but it is interesting that, that people... I, I, don't know, I don't know what it is about... I don't know whether it's that the original heightened expectations so much or that it's actually harder to get right than you think. But um, kind of dinosaurs being loads of fun well, I would rank, is not as well received as you think it would be. I would rank this one. You know? Yeah. Um, it's great. So, yeah. So uh, um, highly recommend that you go see it. It's beautifully directed with like really expressive imagery. And scary, actually, but not too scary. Yeah, kind of. So you know, scary in all the right ways, and in many, many, many ways, uh, and also very funny. Uh, and and again, kind of with beautifully expressive imagery, and and you know, a kind of uh, a focus in the first part of the film on kind of spectacle, and on the second part of the film on on a real kind of gothic quality, uh, not just visually, but also I think thematically. That's really really interesting. Yeah. And I certainly liked the relationship between Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard more than I did in the previous film. Okay. Even though they don't quite have, as you said, there's not enough wit in yes. their interactions. I, like, I, I felt their character interactions were more realistic and, um, and I didn't mind, this, like I say, that, uh, that the film wasn't trying to, to, to really bag on about the, the romantic connection between them. It moved on to something else, mm. which I enjoyed. Um, and I, and I like how little actually um, Jeff Goldblum is in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. I was surprised by how little he was in it because he's been doing the publicity rounds, you know. Yeah, and I thought he would be a main character or something. So this I is what I was going to say. Like there was a big deal about Ian Malcolm's coming back, mm. um, and I like the fact that he's in two scenes, both of them in in the meeting with Congress. Yes. He's saying, you know, we made a mistake. We should never let this happen. And what we should do is just let the dinosaurs die on the island. Mm. Um, and as you say, kind of becomes a, a sort of conscience of the film mm. um, around which everything else is sort of structured. But I like the fact that he's only in it for that because it, it doesn't make sense to me that he would ever go back to the island. Yeah. I think like his character considers what happened to be such a huge mistake. Why would he ever do that? Yeah. And I and I, I don't think the film kind of suffers for that at all. I didn't no, feel no, like I a think, letdown. Yeah, no, I think that was that was great, and actually it was very well judged. So it's only two scenes, but they're two key scenes, beginning and end, uh, and he really makes the most of it. Um, and I think for me, the other thing, which, you know, maybe I'm just a fan or something, but I just loved seeing Geraldine Chaplin. Yes. I really did. She was great. Um, 
So, you know, to me, that was like an added bonus. And especially in this type of film where you don't expect to see someone like that. It was just, you know, great. So I highly recommend that people go see it. Yeah, really good movie. Right. Well, um, shall we wrap it up here? Yeah. Right. So thank you very much for listening. We are on Facebook, on Twitter, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Um, and we haven't actually had any, any messages for a while, uh, you know, which kind of used to be one of the great pleasures. So, uh, you know, if you have any uh, um, uh, views <laughs> on the film that you would like to contribute in any of these forums, we are really happy to, to receive it. And yeah, we'll definitely read them out. Yeah, well, one of the things... Well, I mean, we to be want... fair, we haven't actually put a podcast out in about three weeks. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, but kind of, I suppose, you, you know, one of the reasons for doing this is just to generate a conversation on cinema. So we'd like you to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Colin Trevorrow is directing the next one. Who's the one who directed the previous one and co-wrote this, which I don't think is a good idea. Because the last one wasn't that good. And then he, have you seen the Book of Henry? No. The Book of Henry is amazing. It's one of the worst judge films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And he, and seriously, yeah. and, and, you know, we've said before about um, not wanting to take pleasure in a bad film. Yeah. Th- this bucks that, like, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Because, and not, not because it's bad, not because it's, like, badly made, but because you can't believe the kind of creative decisions that have gone into it. Yeah. And, that you, and that these guys think that they have done a great job. And you're going, you are mentally ill. So what you're saying basically is enjoy this film while you can because the next one's going to be real shit. <laughs> I think the next one probably won't like it. I mean, but what, no, what I'm saying is, is is look for the book of Henry. And don't don't spoil it for yourself because the thing is amazing. So see Jurassic World 2 because it's brilliant mm. and then see the book of Henry because it's the opposite. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much.